Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Happy Haven Podcast. This week, in honor of the anniversary of Thundercats, I had Mr. Larry Kenny on uh, to talk about the show and some of his other amazing voice work. And you get to hear me become a five-year-old kid when he does the serial mascots that he has been for years. So uh, enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed being able to talk to him. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, buddy. What's up? Not much. Uh, Super excited to actually talk to you. Oh, great. That's my pleasure. (laughs) I am a... uh, I am an 80s kid super fan. Um, right. So, my, even uh, I've tried uh, showing all this stuff to, to my kids as they grew up. And when I said I was going to have you on, my 11-year-old daughter was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, well, he was also on Silverhawks. And she literally just sang the theme song into the phone. Oh, really? That's great. <laughs> A lot of people know Thundercats, but not Silverhawks. I loved Silverhawks. <laughs> Great. It's one of the coolest theme songs. Yeah, that's yeah, everybody says that. I agree. For any cartoon. Of course, no, I mean, not as iconic as the Thundercats theme song, but I grew up just cartoons and Nintendo and comic yeah. books. and Yeah, I've been a big old nerd since, like, 81. <laughs> that's great, man. That's cool. So, um, how are you? I'm great. Listen, can you, um, I'm using my uh, external microphone. Does it sound like I am to you? Because sometimes, I, I did an interview last week, uh, and I thought I, I thought I had my computer set to, uh, you know, to default for, for the external external microphone. It turned out that it was using the internal the whole time, and it didn't sound that great. No, you sound awesome. It's nice and okay. clear. Good. So... Oh. Yeah, ready. <laughs> we are ready to go. And like I said yesterday, um, I mean, the questions are there, obviously, to get a conversation going, but I don't do it like a um, – it's not like a press junket or an interview. Um, I like to just talk. And Okay. So, you know, I can do that. Yeah, I keep it informal and <laughs> actually like to get to the, to the points that everybody wants to hear in an actual more organic way. Mm-hmm. And – conversations are always way better than a uh, stodgy interview so <laughs> I like it so I noticed on your Facebook profile your header picture um, you know all the cartoons and your video game work I did know but there's um, Sonny from Cocoa Puffs and Count Chocula on there yeah I've been the voice of uh, both of those for almost 40 years oh my gosh really <laughs> yeah, yeah I have so, okay, we won't go cuckoo for cocoa puffs. <laughs> That's funny, of course. Oh my lord! And uh, then the other guy talks like this, you know, frightfully delicious. Holy crap! So now I'm five years old again. <laughs> Literally. Oh great! That, that, <laughs> I'm a, glad to hear that. That makes me about uh, thirty. <laughs> With a giant bowl of cereal, literally watching the cartoons that you're voicing. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. So, so like, um, did you do reg, uh, like um, stage or film acting first, or did you just kind of start with commercials, or, or what got you into what you ended up becoming for all of us kids? Well, I started in radio uh, as a, a disc jockey when I was 15, back in uh, my home 
area of Peoria, Illinois. <clears throat> Got a job as uh, uh, doing a, uh, a one-hour show every week called School Scope. It was me and another high school kid. And we'd play all the records of the day, but instead of doing commercials, we'd uh, talk about what was going on at all the high schools in the area. There were about ten high schools in the area. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so it, um, it was a public service hour. So I started doing that. That was on a Saturday afternoon. And then um, after a few months, they uh, they started putting me on gave me my own weekend show on Saturday and Sunday nights. And um, then they, after that, for I guess about a, a year, they, oh gosh, it's been so long I've forgotten now. But that's, that's how I started out. <laughs> and then I, I moved from uh, Peoria to the first Fort Wayne, Indiana, to WOWO. And then uh, to Cleveland, and then Chicago, and then New York, where I've been for, oh, about 45 years, I guess. Wow. And, and you worked on the uh, the IMIS show, right? I did for 35 years, uh, from 73 to uh, 2008. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> oh, no, I just, I remember listening, I mean, I listened to uh, uh, IMIS and Stern, um we had affiliate stations in Boston. I, I live in uh, the Atlanta area now, but I grew up in Boston. So, Oh, you did? I did. I'm one okay. of those guys. I've just been here for so I long love, that love they, they beat the accent out of me. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> but you don't, yet have a, you, don't have a, you don't yet have a George accent, though. Nah, it's, it's kind of it's a weird amalgam. I... Uh, you know, I've, I've been all over the country and traveled and stuff, and you just kind of end up, I think, taking all the accents on from the different regions, and then it just becomes some weird mongrel um, <laughs> <laughs> way of talking. But if I get on the phone with somebody from up there, like my parents or something, and in three minutes flat, I'm, I'm talking like this again. I start talking even faster, and, yeah. you know, like the guy. it's Have wicked it crazy. Wicked crazy, oh yeah. So, well, I, uh, I'm from Illinois, and uh, people have always said that us, uh, we Midwesterners don't really have an accent, uh, but we do. Um, uh, it's it, mostly it involves flat vowels. Like I was at home, I was known as Larry, Larry Kenny, not Larry. <laughs> yeah, see, I noticed that too. I'd always heard that that you know, once you hit like Missouri, the accent. There was none, but there's definitely a, a different a different way to talk out there. I, I remember um, I I was you know growing up watching Bobby's World, the cartoon on Fox. Oh, with Howie Mandel. Yeah, exactly. I always thought the mom talked funny, and then <laughs> and then I got out to Wisconsin and was like, oh no, that there's a whole region of people who do <laughs> talk like. Oh sure. Oh sure. There you go. Oh sure. Now. Yeah. <laughs> oh sure. You go. Up in Minnesota too. Minnesota is. Minnesota. It's almost yeah. Canadian. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Well, they're, they're right next door. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've always done that. Hey there, how you doing there, Gordo? You know. So <laughs> <laughs> and then Canadian, of course, we had. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched. Um, Oh gosh! Now I'm showing my age. I can't remember the name of it now. Um, comedy, comedy sitcom, uh, not a sitcom, but a, SCTV. SCTV, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Had the birth of the McKenzie brothers. Yeah, take off, Abe. Eh? Bob and Doug. <laughs> take off, you hoser. 
<laughs> I remember that. I actually have Strange Brew. Oh, do you? Yeah, we actually watch that every once in a while with friends that haven't seen it yet or hadn't seen it in forever. I'll pop it in and we can watch it. But so, so you're in New York now, or, or well, you've been in New York. Yeah, I've uh, I live in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Forty five miles from uh, from Midtown Manhattan, but yeah, I've been in New York since seventy um, four, I guess. I went up for. Um, Something that uh, my dad works propane. He always has um, living in the Northeast. You know exactly what I'm talking about. He not the Hank Hill propane, but, you know, the real propane, propane repair and installation. And oh, yeah. yeah. He had an incident and I went up, you know, while he was while he was hurt. He's fine now. But um, a couple of years ago, he got hurt and I had to cross the I was coming up from Georgia, so I had to go across the, the GWB into Connecticut. And when I saw how much it cost to drive across that one bridge, I about <laughs> crapped my pants. And I was like, well, how, how, long ago, how long ago was this? This was, I want to say maybe five, six years ago. Okay, well, it's probably gone up since then. It's now 1250 to cross the George Washington Bridge. One way, right? And. And the tribe, are all, yeah, one way. Well, but you only have to pay one way. You don't have to pay going to New Jersey. That's true. Because I guess they figured, who, you know, who wants to go to New Jersey? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but it's only coming back in. And now, as of just this last week, they're talking about putting a $12 charge uh, for any cars that go south of uh, 60th Street. So Seriously? Yeah. It's incredible. Yeesh. You mentioned something just a minute ago. Uh, since we're talking about cartoons and animated shows, your father was in propane, right? Yes, sir. I'm thinking about Hank Hill. <laughs> That's what I was saying. <laughs> Not the Hank Hill propane. He does. He's the guy lugging your tank to your backyard when it, you know, yeah. there's a blizzard and you run out of heat. But I do make fun of him, though, when I call him sometimes and when I talk to him, I'll be like, so how's propane and propane accessories? <laughs> And he's always like, shut up, jackass. Because <laughs> he's a loving father. <laughs> he really he's, is. He's, he's like a... He's got a lot of Red Foreman from the 70s show in there, but... Oh, the 70s show. Yeah, sure. He's got a heart of gold. He reminds me more of a... Do you watch the Goldbergs? No, I don't. Okay, well, the the guy who plays Murray, the dad on there, where, you know, at, at the, that show's really good at being really funny and... Yeah. And crass, but at the end they always bring it in about how important family is, and they give you the yeah da na na moment at the end. Um, it's kind of like uh, Modern Family; they do they do that too. You know, the, I love have, that show. They have all these adventures and and get mad at each other, but at the end it's always you know something about the, the importance of family and love and all of that. I like that exactly. So he's that sentiment mixed with with uh, Murray Goldberg and Red Foreman, where he does <laughs> he does love you. But he won't hesitate to call you a dumbass at the same time. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so <That's old> school. <laughs> so so was the commercial work first, like the 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 Sunny and the Count Chocula stuff, or did no that, no 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 I started in radio. Right. Um, well, like I mean, I said, for the voice acting part. Is that... Oh well, uh, yeah, that's yeah yeah commercials came first before. Uh, Thundercats and, and uh, the rest of the animated shows. Yeah, 
I started doing when you when you work at a small town radio station, at least back in talking about 55 years ago. But I don't know how they do it now. But at the time when you when you were when you were a disc jockey at a small time, you know, a small town station, um, at least at ours, you um, you would have your own shift. You know, you'd be on the air from like uh, you know from noon to four or something like that. And then each day they'd give you a stack of commercials to to record that were heard on throughout the day on other people's shows too, you know. And uh, as I as I grew into the business, I realized that was a great uh, a great training ground for me because I got into commercials full time. Yeah, that's awesome. So I had <laughs> been in, uh, I had been in New York seventy um, four. I'd been in New York. Just about ten years before the Thundercats thing came up. So, so what what was the culmination of that? Like, I mean, did they just ask you to just read it? And because I know I know editions are crazy different now, for the most yeah. part. And yeah. So well, just, the the commercial the voiceover for commercials is pretty much the same as it was back then. An animated show is you, you, you. My agent called me one day and said, "Hey, you've got an audition." Uh, let's say Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock at a certain place for this new animated series called Thundercats. So and then, uh, at that time, I, w- I would show up at the advertising agency, and um, not the advertising agency, at the um, um, casting casting company. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they, they would, you know, be like 100 guys there, you know, waiting to go in. And uh, when it came to your turn... Uh, they would ask you, what do you think this guy should sound like? You know, or first they would ask me, first they asked me, uh, which characters would you like to try out for? And uh, they had, they had um, cells or not cells, but drawings, uh, illustrations of all the characters and what the show would look like, and uh, a couple page script or a couple page explanation of what the show was about and all that sort of thing. And then when it came time for uh, for me to go in they asked me which pick two characters you want to try out for so i tried out for lion o and um jackal man and i got lucky and i got both of those i was gonna say yeah you ended up getting both right yeah well that's right uh, everybody on the cast and there were about five of us sometimes six played um one mutant and one thundercat you know, the mutants were the bad guys, mummerized guys. Yeah. But then, but then, as we recorded the show over the years, it took three years to record the 130 episodes. Um, more and more characters would come in. You know, the writers would would uh, come up with had to come up with new characters to have new you know new ideas. So uh, then we'd have to you know audition for those characters again. So most, so all of us on the cast did over the course of the shows did probably you know fifty characters each. Wow. Yeah. So so you actually you read for you actually read for that blind. They just had you go in and you get like a quick overview, and you had to come up with a character based off of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, Lionel was easy to do because it was just my voice. You know, Lionel is basically. Sounds like this, except a little more dramatic. You know, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I might say, um, uh, "Sort of moments come to my hand." I Lionel commanded, you know. But on, on television, it was, "Sort of moments come to my hand." I Lionel commanded. Oh my lord! 
So, but it was, but it was still my voice, you know. Now, Jackalman, of course, was a totally different thing. I had to come up with a, a unique voice for that. And um, as I recall, I looked at the drawing, and, and um, well, the name Jackalman, of course, uh, they wanted he was, he was a jackal, basically, you know, like Lionel was a lion and Tiger was a tiger, obviously. Right. So I thought, okay, let's see, a jackal is kind of wily and sneaky, at least that's the way you think of them, you know, a sneaky, dangerous thing. So I, I, I kept that in my mind, and then I remembered from my childhood, one of my favorite shows was Rocky and Bullwinkle, and they had a character on there called Snidely Whiplash, who was this, this stereotypical villain with a big black top hat and the cape, you know. Yes. <laughs> the big mustache that curled up on the end. And and he sounded like this, you know. He would say, uh, "Now I'm going to tie you to the railroad tracks." So I combined that with, you know, the sneakiness of the jackal, and came up with uh, Jackal Man, who sounded like, um, "We must get the Thundercats." Yes. Oh my gosh, dude, that is so awesome. Do you realize that I, while while while, while you're saying that, all I can think of is is when I was a kid, I had. Um, Jackalman, Mumra, and oh, what was his the the, the green the, the goblin looking guy he looked like a goblin and a frog mixed together. He was one of the other main bad guys that was there. Mm. I had them, and then I had all the Thundercats. So I literally have <laughs> had battles with those two <laughs> characters. Fantastic. And Great. to hear you do them both is it's it's, it's <clears> insane. <throat> <laughs> so Thundercats, go ahead. It was, it was really fun when, uh, uh, recording a particular episode, when one of my characters would be interacting with another one of my characters, you know. Uh, some actors like to do that, when that situation comes up, like to do all of one character, for example, all of Lionel's lines, you know, and then all of Jackalman's lines, and then they would edit it together. For some reason, I always preferred to do it... Um, simultaneously it was more fun for me to uh so so it would sound like um um well Lionel, i see we've got you in our hands oh no you don't i'll get out no you won't we've got you no you can't keep me back and forth like that it looked funny probably but it's the way i like to do it yeah but it sounds real when you've got the <laughs> you know like an actual conversation going yeah, that's what I thought. That's that's what I thought. That's why I did it. Oh, see, that would have been fun to watch. Because <laughs> you know, you watch voice actors work, and their bodies they end up kind of. I mean, because you can't just use your voice; you have to act out exactly what you're doing. Yeah. So yeah, it would look crazy to see like the stoic Lionel, and then turn into Jackalman, and then back to Lionel <laughs> to get the lines right. That <laughs> it's right. It's too bad you couldn't see. Uh... That's awesome. It's too bad you, you couldn't see um, Earl Hammond doing Mumra because that was a real a real funny thing. Um, Earl Hammond when he did Mumra, he would he he looked like Mumra. I mean you know oh, no. he just took on this persona right down to the the drooling. You know how uh, Mumra when he started when he started transforming the drool would come out of his mouth. Yes. Well, when Earl did that, he would go. Ancient spirit of evil, transform! And at about that point, the spit and drool would start coming out of his mouth. Oh my God! And he would 
he would wipe it away with his hand and keep going. And uh, after a few after a few days of that, every time he his his line came up, the rest of us would be over in the corner hiding behind a curtain or something. It was like it was like going to a, a Gallagher concert, you know, with plastic sheets. <laughs> gonna say putting up the sneeze guards like a salad bar in between. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you what, like, Mamra was one of the few villains who could actually scare me as a kid. You know, even though it was a cartoon. I mean, that was very well played. Oh, it was. He was, was Oluro was fantastic. Everybody on the cast was fantastic. I I had never worked with so many really talented people in my life until till that show. And, um, and I had worked with a lot of talented people. But... Um, it just it just it just seemed to get the just the right people not only the actors but the crew and and um, the producers and everybody else we became like a family after after a certain amount of time and like i said it took us probably about two and a half years to record all 130 episodes of, of wow. thundercats because you had to you know you had to allow the writers a time to write write new scripts and uh, the animators time to animate the ones you'd already recorded, you know. So um, plus the fact that when you when you propose a new show um, to the networks, they want to see 13 weeks worth. They want to see 13 episodes. That for some reason that's the not just with cartoon shows, but but even with uh, you know a, a drama series or a, uh, a sitcom or anything like that, you have to have 13 ready to go. And so they can look through, I guess, and listen to all of them to, you know, see if you can sustain the humor and all that. Once you, once you, they buy those 13, then you've got to really start cranking them out uh, for the next 13 and all that, you know. So it's, um, it took, and then, we, and then of course we did, uh, even before Thundercats was, was over, even before we finished recording Thundercats, uh, we started doing Silverhawks. So we were doing two for a while, and then after that we did Tiger Sharks, and then we did a Saturday morning show called, um, oh gosh, what was it called? Comic Strip. It was two hours. It was four 30-minute shows from like from like you know eight to ten in the morning or something yeah. like that. So we worked together. The same people worked together a long, long time, and we really got to be like a family. Oh, that's awesome. So I was going to say. I remember the Thundercats premiered as a movie on TV first. I mean, was the series already in play and you were recording it? Or were they? was it like they were going to do the movie to see reaction and then go forward with the series? Or was the movie just a really good introduction to what Thundercats was going to be? I'm sorry, are you talking about the original uh, two episode? Uh, two, Thundercats two Ho, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and I missed the rest of your question. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was going to say, was it done as a movie where they would see how kids reacted to it, or was the series already in place? They just wanted to introduce it with a movie. Well, we had we had at that point already recorded 13 episodes, two plus uh, those two you're talking about, the the, the quote movie, right? Um, and, and 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 11 more. We already had those in the bag. Oh, okay. Because you have to have those, as I said, present to to a network. Okay. You know. Uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't even recall. It wasn't until years later, after the show was on the air, that I read an article about it in somewhere, 
And they talked about uh, the movie. And I'm thinking, what they th- we didn't do a movie. What are they talking about? And then later in the article, it said something about the, the first two episodes were considered a movie. But I, I didn't know that. We just did them like, like regular episodes. See, know? yeah. So, and then that's what formed my question is, you know, every, you know for, for those of us who watched it, it, it's always known that the series started with a movie and then the cartoon series yeah, right. came. So I guess that's where my question came from was, was it always meant to be a movie and then the series came after? So, no, you uh-huh. said you guys had a plan for a whole series from the get-go. So. Yeah, yeah. When, when you started... When you guys got the full scripts, were, were you kind of, was it surprising how deep and grown up it was for a cartoon compared to some of the other stuff that was out? Because Thundercats deals with some serious themes. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, we were all very early on after like just, you know, a few shows saying to each other, wow, this is, this is really written well. You know, this is, it's kind of surprised us, I think. It, it did surprise me because I... I thought, okay, great. I've got a job on this on this cartoon show, which is, you know, cartoon shows are fun, but you know, um, but we really, yeah, we really, like you said, uh, kind of would look up from the script and go, man, that's good writing, <laughs> you know, whether it's a cartoon show or not. And that's what I mean, you know, most most of the good writing for for TV gets saved for more of the grown up stuff and and the live action stuff and. Yeah, you know the 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 theme elements of a lot of the Thundercat storylines are really 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 deep, and you know I like you know I've I've talked to people who worked on the X Men show, and I gave them the same praises is, is that um you know I I liked the cartoons from my childhood that didn't treat me like I was just a kid. Well, you know, I understand what you're saying, and and that was one of the reasons that Thundercats came into being, um, because Rankin Bass saw what was happening with the the, uh, children's television uh, just before Thundercats, I believe it was right before Thundercats came on, or or began, they began the process of making it, Um, there was a lot of talk in the press, negative talk about, about children's television, television programming in general, not just cartoon shows, but other shows that were meant for kids. Um, and in fact, some uh, a, a woman, uh, I forget her name now, started a, a group that became a very large group. Uh, I forget their, their, the name of the group, but it has to do with, you know, uh, uh, creating a better atmosphere in children's television. Uh, not so many commercials, you know, um, not so much violence. Um Things like that. So if you think about it, uh, with Thundercats, they had that in mind when they when they created the series, uh, which is which is why the the main theme of the show is that Code of Thundera, you know, truth, justice, honor, loyalty, and stuff like that. Right. And uh, so that 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 kind of gave us a, gave the show a, a little edge right there in terms of you know uh, being cutting edge. Yeah, I mean, I just. I mean, and, and there, there's stuff on today that doesn't even match the, the level of storytelling and the lessons, you know, that, that you can apply as, as you grow up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a lot of that is missing again from, from, from what I can see from, from what my kids watch. And it's not that it's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of it is superficial and really light and fluffy. And there's not a lot of, of cautionary tales or moral lessons. 
in a lot yeah. of it today. And I know, you know, quite quite a few of the cartoons that I remember fondly informed you on how to be a good person. You know, this is I guess the easiest way to say it. And uh, you know, Thundercats was definitely one of those that gave you more to think about. And you know, like you said, you know, the code of Thundera and almost mm-hmm. teaching ethical behavior and, and and open-mindedness and being a good person and looking out for other people and honor. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. It, it, yeah I've, gotten, I've gotten mail uh, over the years and, of course, more recently, email from people all over the world who, who tell me uh, that that they, things like, they got their moral compass partly from Thundercats, you know, um, the truth, loyalty, and honor, and justice thing. Um, and I also, I'm very, very protective of the legacy of Thundercats because they're, I've heard from so many people who tell me that, uh, for example, they didn't have a very good childhood, and I, I knew what they meant. Sometimes they told me exactly what they meant. Right. Either they were abused or didn't have a, you know, a good family life. And they, they tell me in different ways that um, when Thundercats was on the air, when they were in their room for that half hour watching Thundercats, uh, they could forget all that stuff around them, you know, and and um, and so for that reason, I'm I'm very protective. Of, I won't do anything that I think uh, debases the the legacy of Thundercats. I completely understand that, most definitely. Um, like I got one time, uh, I get a call from my agent, and he said, um, he said Seth MacFarlane wants you to do a, a Lionel on, on an episode of Family Guy. And I said, I don't think so, <laughs> because I had seen the show, and I loved it. Brilliant, brilliant show. But, of course, it was, you know, this was only, you know, seven, eight years ago, ten, no, ten years ago. But um, it was kind of raunchy and raw, you know. Right, yeah, it's an and irreverent show. It was, it's, yeah. Thank you, that's the word. It's, it's irreverent, and, of course, Thundercats wasn't that. And I, my, I was talking to my son, Tanner, and I, I said, I don't think I'm going to do this. And he said, why not? And I said, well, because, you know, the language and this and that and the attitude, I, it's just, I, I don't want the, the kids who watch Thundercats, you know, to to think badly of Lion-O for having been, my son said, Dad, those kids are 35 years old now. You know, they're not going to be upset by it. And he turned out to be right. I, I hadn't thought about that. You know, I kept thinking about eight, nine-year-old kids, you know, watching this. So I did it, and uh I never heard a, heard a word from anybody about how they were upset that I, I had let Lionel do something like that. Well, I mean, I think we can, you know, if if I if I'm still learning childhood lessons at 36 years old, I don't think your cameo on a show is my biggest problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> Glad to hear that. You know, so that would be more on my end than yours <laughs> at my age if I was like, oh no, Lionel said something. <laughs> But um, so 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 Thundercats was going. Did, did you guys? I mean, you guys saw the, the the level of the depths of the scripts and and the seriousness of the storylines and how well put together everything was. And yeah, you know, the world building on it is amazing. Um, you know, ev- oh, yeah. everything about the show is so fleshed out and done well. Did you guys anticipate how big it would become? How much of a of a uh, pop culture mainstay it would be or did it kind of come out of the blue how big it got of course you never know in when you're making any kind of a tv show or a movie or 
music, I guess, anything like that. You don't know how it's going to be received, you know. Um, but like I said, we we knew uh, as soon as the thing began, we, we could we could see the, how good the, the writing was and everything, and the animation when we when we started seeing that. Yes. And um, so we we said, hey, we've got something good here, you know. But who knew how big it would become? I mean, there's no way of telling that. There's a, there have been some very good shows over the years, and that that you know, if you look at them now, they were they were they were very good, but they didn't last. So you can't look at them now. But I mean, there have been a lot of good good shows that didn't, for whatever reason, did not become a hit. I'll tell you this: when I first knew that the show was a hit, it had been on the air for several months, and it was about two weeks before Christmas, and um, and I went shopping at Toys R Us. And I walk in, and the first thing I notice is that in the in the section, the three or four rows where there used to be, like, He-Man and, you know, um, uh-huh. Ninja Turtles and other things like that, there now is three solid rows, uh, rows uh, on either side of nothing but Thundercats stuff. And I said to myself, <laughs> we, got, we got ourselves a big show here, you know. Well, your guys' toys were cool. You had the... The tabs on the back where they would move. I know Mumra and Lion-O, they came with the, um, it, it looked like what, what what looks like a laser pointer today, but you would put it on the back yeah, the, and the eyes would light up like they were cool toys. <clears throat> I had the, um, I had the, 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 the vehicle, the tank. Thunder tank. Oh my God. That thing was like the coolest toy ever, you know, cause it looked, it, it operated just like the cartoon, the the paws would come up and you could see the wheels when you rolled it over stuff and the back would open up with the, yeah, I, trust me, I, I had Thundercats toys out the wazoo. Uh, <laughs> I, I had many Sounds painful. Well, I mean, you know, the doctor <laughs> said, quit doing that kid. It's weird. But, you know, but I mean, Listen, I, I, I'm sorry, uh, Jason, but I can give you about five more minutes. Okay? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, let's uh, You've done. I know you did work on the on the, the the reboot attempt. Yeah, yeah. I played Lionel's father, Claudius, on the uh, Warner Brothers reboot in two thousand eleven or twelve. I think it was. I thought it was a shame that that one didn't didn't take the way the first series did because I know I got excited and we watched it as a family. When it came back on, and, and I thought it would go just like the other one. It was, it was really well done. I thought it was done very well, yeah. Um, and and I, from what I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but from my contacts in the business, uh, after it was canceled, uh, most of them said it, the ratings were good on, uh, on Cartoon Network. The ratings were very good, but the toy sales were not as good as they wanted. And wow. unfortunately, these days that kind of drives whether it's uh, you know determines whether a show stays on the air or not a, a show like a, a cartoon series for kids you know if the kids aren't buying the toys then the show is not going to be on anymore that's a shame because it was yeah, really well it really done. is yeah okay so i have a quick question i know i know you got to go in a couple minutes and i definitely want to have you back on because we didn't even touch on silver hawks or tiger sharks but okay. um looking at the credits were you also snarf no, no, that was Bob McFadden. Oh, well, they've got you. 
on the IMDb it says Snarf Egbert. What was that? Oh, you know, uh, the, yeah, those websites get a lot of things wrong like that. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know sometimes I'm credited with being uh, characters that I didn't play. You know. But um, no, Bob McFadden, who was also uh, on commercials, he was um, the, the voice of Frankenberry. Yeah. Yeah. So he and I would work together on General Mills commercials. I would be doing Lion O, and he would be he would be doing uh, Frankenberry with the strawberry flavored marshmallows, you know. Oh well, well, I'll make sure to put that. Uh, you know what? When I type up the header for this, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna put that correction in there. I, I now that I think about it. I did play Snarf on uh, on that Family Guy series, uh, that Family Guy episode. Maybe that's where somebody got it wrong and put it in. Yeah, that might have been it, yeah, because it was me and Lynn Lipton. Uh, and by that time, Bob McFadden had passed away, you know. So um, they asked, and I said, yeah, I'll do, I'll do Snarf. It's, you know, anybody can do Snarf. It's just, you know, Snarf, Snarf. <laughs> I, I I always liked him. I I, I liked the the mascot characters, him and Orko for He Man, and it it, it was it was needed because I mean, even as a kid, when when those episodes would get really deep, you kind of almost needed that. No comedy relief, yeah, yeah, comedy relief. yeah. Because trying to had... process some of the some of the stuff that went on, you were like, somebody needs to laugh. <laughs> somebody <laughs> needs to laugh. Exactly. Yeah, you need a little comic relief. That's true in movies and in uh, dramatic series. You know, if you even if you watch things like um, uh, Game of Thrones, you know, every once in a while there's a character that's a little, little goofy, you know, or a little weird. That, that uh huh. Just a, a little levity goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But um, I know you said you had to run, so I don't want to hold you up. Uh, I would selfishly have you on all day. But, <laughs> well, uh, I, I would like to do that, but I can't. But it's been great. I appreciate your um, your uh, talking to me. Yes, sir. And like I said, um, every show, once I have a guest on, it's open door policy whenever you want to come back on. I, there's definitely more stuff you did that I want to talk about. Um, but thank you. You made a, a eternal kid's dream come true by uh, by coming on and talking with me today. It was really awesome. That's always nice to hear, Jason. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. You have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye.